And welcome to channel KRT once again. My name is Randy and I'm about to flip my shit. I'm Tyler Green and I don't know which Olsen twin is which and at this point I'm too afraid to ask. I'm Kate Quinn and I want to be princess for the day or bust. <laughs> In case you couldn't tell, we will be looking at one of the... Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen mystery shorts that were released on tape throughout the mid to late 90s, which Olsen twins are actually a very relevant topic right now considering Disney Plus just premiered WandaVision. Yeah, it's so bizarre to think about that <laughs> there is a long, long pipeline that goes from the Beach Boys and Charles Manson to John Stamos being in the Beach Boys to Full House to the Mary-Kate and Ashley tapes to WandaVision. Hell, Elizabeth Olsen being Wanda Maximoff in general <laughs> in the MCU. So, you know how there's like those domino things where you knock over one and then it trails off into two? So that first domino would be a few family members in Glendale, California start a band. Push that domino down, path number one leads to WandaVision. <laughs> path number two leads to the Charles Manson murders. <laughs> Hooray! Mary-Kate and Ashley solved the Manson murders. <laughs> Which makes WandaVision pretty much connected to the Manson family murders. <laughs> <laughs> I know that they're retired from acting now, but I'm still a little disappointed, no spoilers, I promise, that they still haven't gotten Mary-Kate and Ashley to join this franchise because at least for a quick cameo or even a mention of some sorts because that would be the perfect callback in general and also a burn against Fuller House for not even being able to get them once we're gonna put our cash apps in the link uh if we get it right and the olsen twins are in wandavision everyone listening to this owes us 10 bucks i remember when uh fuller house was first announced and john stamos made like a big deal about the olsen twins not joining them from the show because they probably have their own reasons which i don't want to chalk up the trauma but their child actors do the math they pretty much spent not even a remote joke or exaggeration They've been on camera since they were infants. <laughs> That's gotta fuck someone up. And I just gotta say it. Now, I guess this kind of leads into our history with Mary-Kate and Ashley and Full House and all that. So I went through a big Full House phase for some goddamn reason in 2007 to 2008. We all did. We hate to admit it, but we did. Yeah. <laughs> I. That's literally the exact time frame for me, too. Probably because, like, around that time, they were showing it a lot on, like, Nick at Night and ABC Family. Let's be honest with ourselves. We watched Full House because there was nothing else on that was good. Yep. <laughs> I have every fucking episode of Full House memorized. I have all the DVDs. That's how obsessed I was. <laughs> Recently, during quarantine, I took it upon myself to watch every season of Full House in backwards order oh my god <laughs> it took a few months but uh a few weeks ago i did finally watch the last episode of season one and i have now officially seen every episode of full house so basically the show goes like this it leads to jesse and becky eventually getting a divorce and then their twins just dying and disappearing it goes into dj suddenly regressing in age stephanie regressing in age michelle suddenly becoming an infant again danny loses his job as a newscaster and then becomes a sports guy again and joey is once again homeless 
<laughs> Joey and Jesse move out, and also everyone has a weird Benjamin Button disease and then grows their hair out into mullets. <laughs> and then their mom is alive again. Yay! <laughs> Necromancy! <laughs> also, speaking of being honest with ourselves, the reason we stuck with Fuller House for as long as we did was probably because of Stockholm Syndrome, and just because we were dedicated to that show, just because we watched every single episode of it, and... It wasn't worth it, you guys. It's a fascinating train wreck. That's really all I can say. <laughs> I saw the first episode of Fuller House and called it quits, and I can't remember for the life of me what happened in all the other episodes I watched. Just pretend that Kimmy and Stephanie ended up getting together and that DJ ended up dying off screen. The end. <laughs> Let's face it, if it wasn't for Candace Cameron being literally Kirk Cameron pretty much the same we would have that literally one of the four house moments where i realized the show was truly fucking evil was when they did an episode where uh dj and stephanie they crash a wedding and stephanie crushes on a man who turns out to be gay and there's like a, a wacky misunderstanding about it and it basically ends with stephanie accidentally blurting out to the guy's entire family he's gay what the fuck Stephanie Tanner would never. It's not canon. Stephanie is a gay ally. She is a bisexual icon. <laughs> this was an improv. Candace Cameron would have never fucking approved this on a script. But I guess there was an improvised line from Jody Sweeten on Fuller House that pretty much does confirm Stephanie's bisexuality. Oh my god. Yes. I can't believe that Matt won. I mean, his clinic was only open for like three weeks. And I had a girlfriend longer than that. <laughs> What? <laughs> Thank you, Jody Sweet, for being the hero we all need. I actually never bothered to catch up with the rest, and I think I'm okay with putting away my curiosity for the time being. <laughs> At least Full House is just comically dated enough that you can enjoy it, just purely based on how dated it is. Fuller House just feels like a fucking Hallmark card sent to you by your manager with a $5 Dunkin' Donuts gift card. I will say, if Foss does anything right, it at least handles grief well. It's like, it deals a lot with how the girls are growing up with the death of their mother and kind of learning to adjust. And they don't do it badly, honestly. With Fuller House, with the dad being dead, he barely gets acknowledged. Oh yeah, that's right. We have a dead dad. Oh well. <laughs> I will admit the episode where Stephanie loses Mr. Bear and they're watching the video of the mom bringing Michelle home for the first time. I fucking cried. Yeah, that one was done well. That's a tearjerker. <laughs> In addition, the episode where Kimmy starts getting under the influence and gets drunk one night when DJ's telling her, I lost my mom to a drunk driver. That was actually handled pretty well. I'll give them that. I was so enjoying that episode at first. Because I was watching Kimmy being all drunk and shit, and I was like, oh my god, literally me. <laughs> and then they just dropped that, and then I was like, oh, now I feel guilty for finding relatable humor in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full House makes you see demons in yourself that you didn't want to see. Here I was thinking, oh, I'm just so wacky. <laughs> no, I am a potential murderer, it turns out. Uh, for the record, Randy does not drive drunk. Randy does not condone driving drunk. End of story. Randy says, get as wasted as you want, but call a cab. <laughs> and we're going to make like an anti-anti-drug special where we're going to tell you drugs are actually good. And then we're going to be like in Walkhart and tell them, you don't want no part of this. 
<laughs> be a party animal responsibly. <sighs> but we do condone telling John Stamos to go fuck himself. Not only for his Olsen twin disses in Fuller House, but also for being a fucking creep. Yeah, I'm not, we won't go into too much detail, but uh, let's just say we found he's the only celebrity who is negatively talked about by cast members at Disney. Female cast members at that. Dear any weird incel who says, oh, the man's only creepy if he's ugly. John Stamos, that is all. And so then it makes that Mean Girls line equally creepy, so hey, if Tina Fey predicted Cosby and Weinstein, there's gotta be a chance she predicted Stamos. John Stamos is living proof that no, we don't like it when even handsome men are creeps too. Exactly. Well, time to seduce him so then I can secretly lead him into a room, then kill him. Sweet! <laughs> Kill Bill, but with washed-up sitcom actors. Hell yeah. In this house, we stand Bob Saget. Oh my god, Dave Coulier actually came to my college campus a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, I remember Holy you telling me shit. about that. Yeah. yeah, he was doing a comedy series. He was doing it at quite a few colleges. He also went to a friend of mine at the time's college in Michigan. And I remember I was in a class when he was there and I was so disappointed because we had to take like a, it was required because of an exam. I was so disappointed because I so badly wanted to be in that audience. Just being like, holy fuck, I saw Uncle Joey live on stage. And the whole time in my head, I'd be playing, and I'm here to <laughs> Remind, to you. remind you. So anyway, so I had actually never really seen any of the Mary Kate and Ashley specials, like because I'll be honest, despite my full house face, I never liked Michelle. And it wasn't just her. It honestly always felt like the Olsen twins were forced to be on set. Like they never really got better at acting because they always felt like they were forced to be there. And it's not their fault, obviously. They were kids, but yeah. It sounds like Candace Cameron and Jody Sweeten have at least had positive experience. Experiences Like, every time they talk about it, they just have, like, nothing but good things to say about being on the set. And then you talk to the Olsen twins about it, and they're just kind of like, yeah, we were there. End of story. <laughs> they just sound so miserable talking about it. Like, it really sounds like they just don't want to act. <laughs> and honestly, I don't blame them, because they've been literally in front of the camera for, like, the majority of their adolescence, if not all of it. Literally. It's a shame that unauthorized story of Full House, that weird Lifetime movie that came out like six years ago. It's a shame that wasn't very good because there could be a really interesting story in making a documentary on Full House, like similar to what happened with Sarah Lynn on BoJack. Ooh, I just remembered. CNN will be coming out with a series called The History of Sitcoms. Oh my god. <laughs> So we will definitely get some full house details there, and I gotta say, I cannot wait oh for this. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> I love the CNN docuseries so much. I just finished Tricky Dick, actually. That was a good one. <laughs> Go check out Tricky Dick. This was about Mary-Kate and Ashley. So the Mary-Kate and Ashley series were kind of unfamiliar to me. The most I ever really watched of one was like one time I watched that to Grandmother's House We Go special out of complete boredom and I barely remember anything about it. I remember also seeing the Olsen twins show up in Little Rascals because of course they did. They had to show up with the kid who was also on Full House who played Waldo in that movie. Who, by the way, guess who played his dad in that movie? <laughs> I'm still disappointed he didn't mention Little Rascals in his Actors Guild thing or Ghosts Can't Do It or the freaking Grimace <laughs> commercial. It's like, at 
the fucking least, if you're gonna be the worst person alive, at least acknowledge the semi and not even good, just bizarre things he did. Then the other one I was briefly familiar with was on my VHS for the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I remember they had a bunch of trailers for Warner Brothers movies and cartoons, and one of them was a little movie called Our Lips Are Sealed, which was this weird-ass direct-to-video movie they did where they end up witnessing a robbery and then they're being chased by these people all around Australia. I know that one. I know what you're talking about. That sounds vaguely familiar to me, yeah. Oh, God, I can't for the life of me remember the channel name. If I do, I'll put it on the Twitter. But it was these guys who, like, post little movie commentaries and stuff. And they did the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. Both Our Lips Are Sealed and Holiday in the Sun, which, by the way, I have Holiday in the Sun on tape. <laughs> which stars a young <laughs> Megan Fox, of all things. <laughs> huh. Oh, by the way, Holiday in the Sun, much like this, this one, takes place in... Atlantis and the Bahamas. Something about Mary-Kate and Ashley and dolphins is just like a recurring theme. Maybe they have some sort of secret alliance with the dolphins that we don't know about. Probably. And the Day of Reckoning is on its way. Oh god, that means that Michelle had her dolphins all ready to go. That's why they had to keep her away from the living seas, otherwise she would have gotten to work immediately at taking over the entire park. <laughs> 2025, I'm calling it right now, Mary-Kate and Ashley and an army of dolphins will take over human civilization and we will just be subservient work animals for the dolphins <laughs> with Mary-Kate and Ashley as their supreme overlords. You know, I'm very upset that they didn't get to meet Snorky in this episode. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a match made in heaven. You gotta hand it to those dolphins. They just wanted it more. So I really don't have much of a relationship with this specific series other than I think Fox Family used to air these because I know they had like one or two shows on Fox Family at one point and there's one song of theirs that's been stuck in my head for God knows how fucking long. And <laughs> from the first episode of this, it's the uh, Bravery song. Oh my god, yeah, that- Yes, oh god. <laughs> oh my god, and then there's that one where they just, like, it's pretty much just an entire song where they tell Elizabeth Olsen to fuck off. B-U-T-T out, B-U-T-T out, turn your tiny frame about, and B-U-T-T out. I, I love that they're singing this fuck off song to Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> uh, who's gonna be in the MCU? <laughs> The most successful movie franchise in history. <laughs> Aged like a fine wine, kids. Like, I hate to break it to you, but if you're telling Wanda freaking Maximoff that, you're gonna get your ass fucking kicked. This woman t almost took down Thanos. Yeah, uh, not only is Elizabeth Olsen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she's also arguably the most powerful character. Literally. I think it's right between her and Captain Marvel. So, Randy, do you have much of a relationship with the Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley? When it comes to my childhood, I just kind of would see them and stuff and, like, hear about them sometimes, but I was never really interested in them. Then I started watching Full House and, you know, my history with that I pretty much share with you guys. Mm -hmm. And then I remember after watching the Game Grumps play, which, uh... Those aged kind of badly because of you-know-who, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched them play uh, the Mary-Kate and Ashley games. I actually own all three of the games they played. I have Get a Clue for the Game Boy Color. I have Magical Mystery Mall for the PlayStation 1. <laughs> and I 
And I have Sweet 16 licensed drive for the PlayStation 2. <laughs> oh, God. Even though the one they played was on the GameCube. But yeah. <laughs> the reason I picked this for the subject is I've just been, like, interested in their presence. How they were just such a defining factor of the mid to late 90s to the early 2000s. Like, everything they were in just kind of screams Y2K aesthetic. If someone from the past wanted to know what the year 2000 looked like, I would show them a bunch of Mary-Kate and Ashley stuff. It feels like it's definitely cloaked in being dated as possible. In fact, what I originally wanted to do for this podcast was, um, I actually have a tape from the You're Invited To series oh of Mary-Kate and Ashley tapes, <laughs> and by the way, that is the one that has the Gimme Pizza song. <laughs> but that one is a Slumber Party. I don't have that one. This one I have was made five years after that one. It's Mira invited to Mary-Kate and Ashley's school dance party. Now think about that. Mary-Kate and Ashley have been making these You're Invited To videos for five years. Do you want to know what that means? They lasted longer than the Confederacy! Huzzah! The You're Invited to Mary-Kate and Ashley tape series lasted longer than the Confederate States of America. Huzzah! <laughs> you know what? Good. You know what? Good for them. And if nothing else... And on this channel, KRT segment of what lasted longer than the Confederate States... One more thing that lasted longer than the Confederacy was the time that Give Me Pizza from that sleepover special has been stuck in my fucking head. Yay! <laughs> Give me pizza! I still remember the slowed down version from my Ray William Johnson oh, days. God. <laughs> <laughs> we also have to add the fact that Full House lasted longer than the Confederacy too. <laughs> Full House also unfortunately lasted longer than Bojack Horseman, Tuka and Birdie. <laughs> well, at least Tuka and Birdie's coming back. Yeah, it lasted longer than the Weird Al show. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the fucking justice here? Lasted longer than Milo Murphy's Law. Lasted longer than... Uh, but we're not bitter. We're not bitter. Lasted longer than Gravity Falls. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Gravity Falls was always supposed to be just over at the summer, but yeah. And so going back to SeaWorld, that's where this tape takes place. And it, it could have all fuck all to do with SeaWorld. There is only one five-second shot of an orca in this entire movie that takes place in a park where the mascot is an orca. Shamu gets name-dropped, and that's literally it. <laughs> we Okay, we do get to see one of the tower rides that they have there where you can just go in and see the park, and but that's it. That's none of the cool shit. Like, it literally, as, as much as we see is just some foliage... A lame-ass stage show and the gates. We do see some birds like flamingos and macaws, but that's literally it. You could go to, like, any zoo or any aquarium and see the animals that they mainly focused on, which is pretty much just dolphins, parrots, and penguins. No, because they literally could have just had this be in any other place, like any other aquarium, and it would be... It, it wouldn't change anything. Like, if SeaWorld was watching this as they were setting up the sponsor, I imagine they'd be pissed because this barely has anything to do with SeaWorld. They could have filmed this at the little zoo five minutes away from me 
and it would have still worked the same as SeaWorld did here. I'm convinced that the only reason this was a thing was that SeaWorld and Carnival could make some extra bucks off of this because they get name dropped the whole bunch of fucking times in the special absolutely and i guess they just really badly wanted to follow up on the full house disney world episode in some way and i guess the full house people were like fuck no we're not doing another theme park episode <laughs> so do they live at SeaWorld? i don't even know but i from what little i know about the series it seems like their parents either have this job or they have a different job every episode because what the fuck are they working at SeaWorld for, and how are they able to get to SeaWorld that fast? How rich are you that you just have a house in SeaWorld, not near SeaWorld, in SeaWorld? <laughs> Wait, do they specifically say that? I feel like it's, like, implied. At the least, it's very close. Like, the fact that two little kids can ride their bike all the way to SeaWorld, that's... What? And they can just bring their dog there. Then they just have their giant stand for their little detective agency in the middle of a walkway, which be a giant safety concern. So one, they're allowed to solicit in the park. Yep. Two, they're allowed to bring a non-service or ESA animal into the park. Three, they're allowed to ride their bikes in the park. Clue's a very good boy, by the way. Clue is the only good character in this special. <laughs> Okay, we should probably go to the beginning with that fucking song. So basically, the quote-unquote plot device of this episode, I'm saying it because it only comes up in, like, this scene and another, and then it just goes away, is that the Olsen twins' dad apparently came up with the technology that you can talk to dolphins through a laptop. Literally! It's- and it has nothing to do with the episode! It's like, if that fucking device was working, it, the dolphins would be saying, Let us the fuck out of here, you pieces of shit! <laughs> the dolphins would be saying, We have nothing but the urge to kill because we are extremely stressed out and confined. Also, can I just say that theme song sounds like somebody butchered the Seinfeld song? Like, do you hear that do-do-do in between as they're singing about- <laughs> Stole the great hook diamond. What killed the dinosaurs? Who makes the finest pizza? What's in your brother's dresser drawers? Which, why are you <laughs> in your brother's dresser drawer, you little creeps? Also, this has nothing on the dragnet wrap, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Also, going back to that technology where the parents can talk to dolphins, literally all they have to do is just type... Hey, Dolphin, do this on their laptop, and it just, I guess, goes to their brainwaves or whatever. They don't really explain how it works. So one more thing. They have discovered the ability to talk to literally the second most intelligent living being on this planet, almost equal to ours, if not more intelligent. You finally have a way to communicate with these creatures, and you use it to make them do circus tricks? Oh my god, these people are selfish pieces of shit. It's like, they could use this for so much to help animals all around the world. And But nope, exploitation. I have so many questions. So many questions I would ask a dolphin. Imagine these two worlds coming together forming one government we could get world peace from this thing but no they just use it to tell them to do little flips and splashes and that's the sea world way yay <laughs> sea world we hate everybody and ourselves <laughs>
And then we have our introduction to the Olsen twins. And basically what happens is that they're just starving for work. So they go around the park just doing like really dumb shit like interrogating birds, trying to get footprints off of penguins and... So they're harassing these citizens for no reason. Typical cops. And they harass people in fucking animal costumes that are just the wandering around the parks, which you can tell that scene they were really trying to make these characters the next Mickey in the gang. And I don't even know any of their names. Yeah, I... I don't even know if they have names. I think they're just generic. I'm just sitting there feeling bad for the people in those costumes who are clearly being underpaid. For God's sake, the meet and greet characters at Lego World have more personality. The first thing they're doing is harassing a penguin for its fingerprints with no cause and no warrant <laughs> without the consent or permission of the penguin. Fucking ACAB. Also, when that mom was doing the dolphin trick, she comes right back out of the water. Her hair isn't even remotely wet. <laughs> yeah, because she has that Rachel haircut. <laughs> Which, yeah, you can tell this is the 90s. I don't know if that's on TV tropes or not. An actor going into water and then coming out completely dry. <laughs> by the way, fun <laughs> fact, they're listed as special guest stars. Their parents, because they're played by William R. Moses and Terry Nelson. I don't think I've seen either of them in anything before that. So guest stars is a bit of a stretch. Because, for God's sake, they had more justification when they got Martin Mole in that one Western VHS they did. Well, Martin Mole did everything back then yeah sabrina one more thing about the dolphins so they say that two of the dolphins name in this movie they say it and then they type it so you see it cindy and sandy so um by the way guess who else was named cindy and sandy in another film that was made at SeaWorld? that was the dolphins names in jaws 3d oh my god really so we have every right to assume that the Mary-Kate and Ashley mystery tapes take place in the Jaws universe. <laughs> well, I believe it. Because it turns out in real life, those dolphins' names are not Cindy and Sandy. I don't know who Sandy is, but apparently Cindy is actually a male named Capricorn. If Barney and Jurassic Park can share a universe, why not? Sure, why not? And then I guess that also connects it to Manimal, because I know that the guy from Manimal was in Jaws 3D. <laughs> Jaws 3D had more of a right to take place at SeaWorld than this did. SeaWorld was more relevant to the plot of Jaws 3D than it is in this tape. Literally, and and then they never fucking mention anything about the captivity of the animals either. It's like, even fucking Jaws 3D and Free Willy, they were fucking on the nose about how SeaWorld is a shit place for animals. It's, ugh. Free Willy doesn't even take place at SeaWorld, and it's more SeaWorld than this. It feels like that before they even knew they were going to SeaWorld, they just wrote a script, made it generic enough that it could fit, like, any marine animal or type of zoo or something like that. This could have been done at, like, Bush Gardens, Miami Seaquarium. In fact, it makes more sense for it to take place in Miami Seaquarium for a reason we'll get to later. Miami. But it sounds like <laughs> they just wrote the script, <laughs> sent it to a bunch of different theme parks and whoever got back to them and approved it first got it 
And that happened to be SeaWorld Orlando, I guess. And so the boss sees them setting up their stand and asks them how's it going instead of being all like, why the fuck are you soliciting in the middle of a fucking theme park, you little shits? And then this boss is like bothering the parents to take a vacation. I'll give him that. At least he supports unions. Eh. See, the most unrealistic part about this special is having a boss that gives a shit about you and your family's well-being. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't care about animals, so... Also, one thing I gotta point out about that boss, uh, Mr. Kramer is his name. In the beginning of the special, when he's talking to the girls, he says something along the lines of... Well, if I had a mystery to solve, I would. Meanwhile, just be patient. Why? Yeah, because. You never know. I kind of thought he was implying he was gonna murder somebody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a creepy thing to tell a kid it's like oh they might pop up it's like in any other movie he that would be like the red herring so anyway they're also bothered by these two stupid mimes named bobo and flippy two stupid mimes was my favorite cartoon network show yay <laughs> and then they just pull up a shoe that's covered in gum and they're like gum shoe it's like it's so stupid these two adults really have nothing better to do than to harass children they have nothing better to do than harass children, the animals at SeaWorld. They probably harass a bunch of park guests. They probably especially harass employees. You know, sometimes it is okay to punch a mime in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a red nose, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Turn a mime into a clown. Like Stephen King said, it's much more dangerous to get killed by a mime because they'll never confess what they've done. I thought it was more dangerous to get killed by a giant spider pretending to be a clown. <laughs> Uh, yes. And so then it cuts to this fucking scene where they're setting up for another show with a bunch of penguins. And for some fucking reason, they never once get a call. Hey, uh, your kids went missing. Oh, we're seeing them behind the stage in penguin costumes. They're in a set that could possibly risk them getting drowned or attacked by the dolphins. And they're doing a stupid dance. First of all, child labor laws. Second of all... Yeah, no, it's totally a great idea to put these children in bulky, restrictive costumes, put them as close to the water's edge as possible on a very wet, slippery platform near a very deep pool full of wild, unpredictable animals. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? You know what? The, the people directing that scene should have went and bought lottery tickets after because it's that much of a fucking miracle nothing went wrong. <laughs> And then fucking they sing this song called Flip. Ugh. I really feel bad about ragging on the Olsen twins and their singing ability. Because, you know, they're clearly trying their best here, but they they really can't sing. If anything, you can blame the director because it's clear that they just didn't give a shit about directing child actors. It's not impossible. Good actors? Bad singers. Yeah. <laughs> when I was first watching this, my assumption was that the girls were embarrassed to be in the penguin costumes. And that's why their singing was kind of half-assed. But there's another song in here where they're in a better mood and they're singing exactly how they sing Flip. So there's really no excuse. Hey, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, let's jump the moon. We're so much in tune, I want to flip. Oh, there's also like a bunch of mascot characters then that come out on that stage. Again, very bulky costumes, very slippery stage near the water's edge with a bunch of wild, unpredictable animals. 
For the love of God, Osha, where are you? Those shoes better have had really good padding. For all we know, we're gonna open one of those costumes abandoned by Disney style, and there's gonna be a fucking skull inside. Then again, SeaWorld has made a hobby out of violating Osha. Yay! So then it cuts to the girls ending up reuniting with their parents, and they're like, you weren't supposed to be here, you were supposed to be under Mrs. Torres, and it cuts to this annoying fucking babysitter who's fucking just Louise, but without any charm whatsoever just going on a I'm gonna tell you the story of Goldilocks and I'm gonna tell it the most annoying thing possible so her storytelling ability clearly relies on a lot of hand movements and facial expressions she's a very visual storyteller but she's doing it with her back turned on the twins the entire time. <laughs> Was she talking to like the imaginary audience? <laughs> so like what's the point of being so expressive. It's <laughs> so stupid. That's not how stage direction works. My god, imagine if she had been the one summoned to watch Jack-Jack in The Incredibles. She'd be dead in seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If my job was just watching my kids walking around unsupervised and my dog at that, I'd just fucking quit on site. I'd be like, fuck you, you pieces of shit. I don't care that you pay for me. You you can't care for my fucking kids. Well, then again, I guess since the boss cares, it's like, oh, well, let them rot. I kind of did want a scene where they just chew the babysitter out for just being so fucking terrible at her job. Like, I would have loved to see how they would have tackled that. I mean, we never see her again after they come home, so maybe they stabbed the shit out of her and locked her in the closet. <laughs> they fed her to Tillicum. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you're more likely to be killed by Tillicum than you are to be killed by a great white, so... Oh, wait, no, they don't have great whites. Uh, Sand Tiger. That's probably the most dangerous shark they have and those really aren't that dangerous <laughs> and so then it cuts to the girls being like yeah we still can't find a mystery and so then they're riding in the woods for some reason and then they see a guy laying down on the ground and then they're like i don't think he's sleeping i'm not really digging this remake of stand by me <laughs> <laughs> Hey y'all, wanna watch some anime? I haven't seen this one. Ooh, good idea. I've been meaning to watch this one. Hey, can we watch this one? I was, uh, distracted. Ignoring how easily Gomer is distracted by booty, how about this one? Alright, alright. How about this? Let's just pick one and watch one episode a week. We can even talk about it on a podcast. It's random, it's anime. What should we call it? Randomé. Check out Randomé. Recorded every week at twitchtv.com backslash Rose and Thorn. Twitchtv.com. Oh, good lord. This is all staying in. The fact that they came across a body, I was like, well, if they're finally going somewhere, maybe there's a chance this will be interesting. And then they go back to the body, and then it's gone, and then the cop's like, Face down in the mud. <laughs> My wife sleeps like that every night. Not a pretty picture. This guy's probably murdered his wife. <laughs> oh yeah, officer friendly. 
I don't know if that's supposed to be his real name or if that's just a nickname the kids gave him. But it's probably sarcastic. <laughs> I, I don't trust anybody with that name. Oh, also, so the guy who plays Officer Friendly is an actor by the name of Tim Goodwin. And he actually did some bit parts in the first two seasons of all that. Really? Yeah, he would do some of the adult bits. Like, uh, he was in a couple of the Lemonade Girl sketches. So why wasn't he listed as a guest star? He's He's got credibility. <laughs> Officer Friendly, the guy who's playing him, feels like he's just trying to be an even more annoying version of Barney Fife. <laughs> Literally, it's like, dude, you're not Don Knotts. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> So Officer Friendly shows up and he's like, no, I don't see anybody. A cab, especially Officer Friendly. The point of this special is, at the least, it shows how useless cops are. (laughs) Turns out the Olsen twins are better cops. Hooray. (laughs) Almost. And so then they start talking about how, okay, we can find him if we go on that elevator ride. But then Ashley's all, oh, but I'm so terrified of heights. And so then they go on it. And for some reason, they can bring their dog on it, even though that probably so many safety concerns. Even if he was a service dog, there would still be requirements for their safety. Like he wouldn't just get to go on any ride he wanted. All right, we're going to need a shot of the dog on the roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean safety concerns? We gotta get a good shot of this animal on mana. <laughs> and so then they finally spot the person. So it's this random lady who wasn't anywhere else in the special. And so then she's holding up the guy and then pulling him out of this golf cart, which somebody would fucking notice that eventually. They would say, why is... I'm really not loving this remake of Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's a bit where they walk past Officer Friendly. At the security line, nonetheless. And the fucking guy unconsciously falls on a woman and she's like, get off of me. Like, the security guard would fucking try to be like, hey, stop groping that woman or something. It's like, and yet they do fucking nothing. So Officer Friendly is a outed misogynist. I could have lived a full life without seeing that ever. And then they also take the body onto a tram, which again... Nobody's fucking suspicious of this. They just accept it for some fucking reason. I don't understand why. Like, you would begin to notice, like, when the person isn't, like, buckling up or anything. It's, ugh. You know what? I just realized when they saw the car, you know what a smart detective would do? When they see a perpetrator's car? Get the license number. Get the license number. Go to the police. You also have the Carnival Cruise envelopes. Miami PD, get down there, see the car with the license plate, see the lady with an obvious dead body, boom, case solved. You didn't need to do the rest of the shit you did in this movie. My god, Christopher Walken stealing the bus and country bears made more sense. There's also a point later on where they say, oh no, we don't have the tickets, despite them holding the fucking tickets, and somehow the woman is able to take (laughs) go on the cruise anyway, even without them, and I'm like... What? Were they just built into the system? What's happening? Oh, and by the way, they're specifically going on a carnival cruise because product placement. It's literally called the fun ship. And it's like... (laughs) Is Carnival Cruise Lines under the same company as SeaWorld? Probably. Maybe it wasn't actually Carnival. They just went to another side of the dock and then they just got a random dock because they had to. I'm going to look that up. Does SeaWorld own... Carnival. Oh, in 2019, it says SeaWorld appointed a uh, former Carnival executive, but that was 
2019. I don't know if they had like a partnership or anything back then, but I guess I'll have to check Bush Gardens because SeaWorld does own Bush Gardens. So this has more to do with the freaking carnival than it does with SeaWorld. God damn. <laughs> And then we get into possibly the longest part of the episode where they're trying to get a cab and they find out it's gonna be $15. And it's like, what fucking cab? Especially from Orlando to Miami is only $15 even in the 90s. Like, for God's sake, I've had lift rides to places 10 minutes away from me that cost like $40. So here is where my theory comes into play about the Miami Seaquarium. There are tons of plot points in this movie that don't make sense because Orlando to Miami is a three and a half hour drive. <laughs> but... They treat it as if it's, like, just the next town over. Oh, my God. So, my theory is that they were actually planning to film this in the Miami Seaquarium, which also has an orca, a severely and disgustingly mistreated orca, but I'll get to that later. They wanted to probably film this at the Miami Seaquarium, which explains why there's all these scenes where they act like the Miami port is, like, right next door, basically. And that's my theory. <laughs> And so then we go to this really fucking stupid scene where the girls start singing like, ah, la, 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 and then My, I, I, Amy. Well, and then they finally notice there's some band in the back of them. So then the band is just like, okay, sure, we'll help you get your money, your little shit. And you know how much money they make from this bullshit? $98. Fucking in less than an hour, they make $98 just by doing some really poor off-key singing. Not even, like, less than an hour. Like, in three minutes. Some people had to just felt so sorry for them. Like, these kids just look so forced to fucking do this. Fine, whatever. <laughs> $98. So they get a limo, which in real life, I think a cab from... Orlando to Miami is probably going to be way more, uh, just a regular cab is going to be way more than $98, let alone a limo. Also, the song is only like two or three minutes, but it feels like four fucking ever. It really does. And, and again, the singing just doesn't help it at all. What is the tropic spot that people love a lot? Miami. What is the melting pot that is both cool and hot? God, it's like, Miami, we had a drug war down here. <laughs> they they should have just covered that Will Smith song. <laughs> that would have been way better. <laughs> just do the fucking Will Smith, welcome to Miami. <laughs> okay, so eventually the parents do find out about the girls running off because they come home and the babysitter's still doing her dumbass Jim Varney ripoff shtick. And then straight ahead was this huge elephant. And on the back was an exotic lady saying, come to me, come to me, come to me, and telling me that I am the most beautiful in the land. But she didn't want to go there because on account of she had this huge spike coming out of her head. So then they have $98 and they're like, I have a better idea than a taxi. And they get a limo, which... What fucking limo costs less than a hundred dollars if more if there's a limo already parked outside a theme park that was for somebody else <laughs> <laughs> so you just stole somebody's limo right from under their noses 
for $98. And a three-hour drive at that. It's like, that would cost, like, the rent price at the least. You just fucked up somebody's entire evening plans. A limo does not work the same way a taxi does. You can't just hail a limo and then go wherever you want. You have to, like, make reservations with them and everything. Also, they block the fucking road, so you'd be on the road for, like, eight hours with it. Uh, <laughs> and so then they're like, oh, but how did it take so long, and why don't we have enough money for tickets? It's like, well, gee, that's what you get for using a fucking limo, you dumbasses. The Olsen twins just do a really good job of inconveniencing people in this. Because they inconvenience the taxi driver because they waste his time by asking how much his fare is or whatever. And then there's this poor guy working for Carnival who has to chase after the kids. Which also, they sneak onto the cruise ship by just getting in the boxes. Like in that one Toy Story 2 bit where they're on the intersection. And he doesn't even notice it until the very last minute. And he still has to chase after these Two little girls. Ah, uh, pre-9-11 entrance. It's like, you could literally have security threats sneak on board just like that. A woman with an obvious dead body got on board with no ticket right in front of the staff, so <laughs> God only knows what's happening on this cruise ship. Good God. And you know what the funny thing is, guys? This isn't even the most infuriating part of the fucking video oh god <laughs> we're getting there <laughs> so they finally fucking end up discovering the woman and she's about to just fucking choke them or some shit oh no because before that what she's gonna do is she's gonna throw the body off the ship or something <laughs> and so then they catch her and they yell like stop which what the fuck did you think was gonna happen if this woman's a fucking murderer maybe it's best not to just randomly sneak up on her and say stop Maybe tell security there's a woman with an obvious dead body do your fucking jobs. <laughs> so then the finally the fucking security card comes up with their parents and then they finally catch the woman and they're like, Dad, there's a dead body in there. The dad's so calm about unzipping the bag. It's like, I'd be fucking terrified. He's so calm about everything because his kids went all the way from Orlando to fucking Miami by themselves, unaccompanied. And wasted just so much money and just scared their parents shitless. Yeah, good God. First of all, he goes up to the body bag and he touches it. Tampering with evidence, the fingerprints are all fucked up now. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's dad. And who could it be except the fucking mimes from earlier? Ugh. Yup, it was the mimes. And, ugh. Oh, that's not all. Not only was it the mimes... Nobody's dead, even though this entire children's special was running under the assumption that somebody had a dead body. Not only that, um, the boss was in on it, and it turns out this was some long-winded fuck shit to get the parents to take a goddamn vacation. Surprise! We're stuck on this boat! Can you guys excuse me for a minute real quick? Oh Hold yeah, on. no problem. <laughs> I feel better now. And an unplanned one at that. They don't have their fucking luggage. They don't have anything prepared for a trip. They probably don't have any plans on what they're gonna do if they randomly have to go on a trip. It's like, you little shits probably made things worse for them. Where's the dog? 
Is the dog's care covered? I know the dog went home, but so I guess he's home alone now. So, they made these parents go through three and a half hours of hell on a car trip, thinking the worst possible has happened to their children, only to go on a ship, no luggage, no preparations, no plans for pet care, and be like, surprise, this is your vacation, ship leaves in five minutes. And the dad is like, I should be furious. You yes, should you be. should be. Yeah. Yes, oh correct. God. You are stuck for a week on a boat in the middle of the ocean with nothing but the clothes on your back and whatever little shower amenities they put in your hotel cabin. I, I, I don't know where to begin here. Like, for starters, how the fuck was a mime able to just dress up as a woman perfectly Perfect mask and everything, perfect makeup, and breaking the mime's code, mind you, because this mime in a woman's suit talks several times, <laughs> and perfectly impersonating a woman's voice, and they don't even have the same fucking body type, because it's a slender woman, <laughs> and once she takes the mask off, it's just a chubby mime, and the other mime should have fucking suffocated in that body bag. Literally, it's like, my God. And then the fact that he probably would have fallen off the tram and fucking gotten killed or something. Ugh. And like, what would have happened if the cops did actually get involved and they actually were arrested? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck was the point of any of this? And what happened with the security guard on that? Like, he nearly had to deal with a security breach because of this whole stupid prank. I have another question. What? Does any of this have to do with SeaWorld? Nothing! Absolutely nothing! Stupid! You're so stupid! What happens to the, you know, miracle, world-changing, dolphin-talking-to device? Nothing! That has nothing to do with the episode. It goes nowhere. It just ends so abruptly. It's like, we're on a cruise! Shot of the ship, and then credits. And you're just left sitting there like, what happened? What? I'm, we're missing some details here. <laughs> it's, it's like the ending to An American Werewolf in London, but more infuriating. <laughs> Throughout this whole episode, they're treating this like a normal case. Not once do the twins ever like hint to each other that they're putting together this vacation. They treat this like it's normal. They treat this like they're actually coming across a dead body for the first time. My they God. treat this like they're actually following somebody who actually is suspicious. None of this just makes any sense. And I understand we're just thinking way too hard about what's supposed to be a happy ending. But I just feel so fucking insulted. At least the ending to An American Werewolf in London left you with questions of what happened after. Yeah. This ending left you questions with, um, what happened everywhere. And the fact that there was a sequel to this involving said cruise ship, so things did end up going wrong, so it was not a happy vacation for your parents, you dumbass little shits. Also, because this is a SeaWorld-centered thing, when, when they opened the bag 
I for a split second thought like a sea lion was gonna pop out. <laughs> and like that would explain why he was walking around all floppy. Cause like, oh, cause he's a seal. He can't, you know, walk around on two legs cause he's got flippers. Ha ha ha. It would have been so stupid, but it would have made sense. He's here to well actually you on Gamergate. Like maybe it was some crazy vegan woman who could be the stereotypical person with common sense who doesn't like SeaWorld and be like, oh, I was releasing this poor creature into the wild. Yeah, at least that would have made sense. It would have had something to do with the fucking park. I thought it would be like someone stole a sea lion. They used the dolphin talk machine to maybe use the dolphins for witness questioning. And then that's what the ending would be. That would have made way more sense and it would have been fucking stupid, but at least it would have had fuck all to do with SeaWorld. Yeah, it goes without saying. I'm gonna burn the tapes with this one because it was just... Burn the tapes. Just burn it. Burn it all. Burn the tapes. Go back in time to the 80s. Make sure that the Olsen parents find a different career for their kids so they don't get fucked over like this. Go back in time. Shoot a torpedo through the boat that was going to capture Tilikum. And we would have avoided all of this. Huzzah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or most of it. Most of it. Yeah, it's going to be a burn the tapes for me as well. It's just, I feel kind of bad giving it one because I know that they're trying their best. I know this is kind of just a dumb little series that they clearly may have had fun making for all we know, but this is just dumb. I don't say burn the tapes at the Olsen twins, but burn the tapes at the grown-ass adults who were in charge of this. <laughs> and knew better. New fucking better. <laughs> we don't mean any disrespect to the Olsen twins because as far as we're concerned, they're very good people, very good women who deserve so much better in their careers. Not because of this, but because of how they were probably treated, knowing how all child actors are out there, so... Oh, man, yeah. Anyone got plugs? So, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TylerFG, Instagram at TylerFG96. You can also find us on Twitter at channel underscore KRT, Instagram on channel KRT podcast, all one word. We also have our Discord server and Facebook groups, which we are going to start plugging weekly on our Twitter, just so we can do a better job of getting that out there. And you can also hear us on the podcast without a cool acronym where we're going to be talking about the Phineas and Ferb episode Ferb TV this week. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was fucking amazing. We, As always, we had a very good time with Chandler. He is a fun host. Absolutely awesome dude and just a really fun little episode. Also, you can find me in the SeaWorld parking lot screaming obscenities because this fucking broke my brain. <laughs> Well, you can find me over on the usual Mission Breakout on Twitter and Walking Pun on Instagram. And then you can also find me singing Flip, 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 and going to my I, 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 I am me. This special made me want to flip off my roof. <laughs> you can find me over at No Context Harley Quinn and No Context TGIF. For my main account, you can find me at Cosmic Rewind, replace the E with a 3. You can also find me on a few select episodes of Escape from Vault Disney, and you can find me in the Orca Tank right now at SeaWorld, begging them to eat me so that I can have the sweet release of death and forget this ever existed. Huzzah! Huzzah. <laughs> For the love of God, just pretend I'm a fish! <laughs> <laughs> Hell, no, you're I'm a fish. it. I know you're, you're a, a fish. fish. Come on! I can't be the first human you've tried to kill. <laughs> With that being said, while we're still on the subject of the Olsen twins, 
WandaVision, one WandaVision, 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 there, it's stuck in your head too now. For an actually good mystery, go watch WandaVision. Shadal KRT, cut to static.